Why in the VL with two subbies, stereotype with a huge intercooler Doing it right might be like I'm confused, what's the attraction? But some dudes just love to lose traction That cruise action, Saturday night, you can do it at the lights or get in a fight. Welcome to Rogue Bogues, this is the Car Chat Series Welcome back, it's been a, a little while between drinks With Justin and I have both been busy with different things I've been in a state, Justin's been everywhere over the US and back So we finally got one out, I hear you people, I hear you people commenting on the basketball and the other series is when's a car chat coming out well here it is justin how how's things yeah been going uh going really good man and um yeah must say i'm so sorry for everyone who's been wanting us to come back so yeah messages after messages like bogues is just saying so but we're back and um yeah let's get firing with a lot of information so there's has been a lot of questions and everything can we will get around to everyone um, as uh, quick as we can. So um, let's uh, get into it. Yeah, and we've got we've got some own news on our purchases too. So we've been active uh, for once. So, so you got your we'll, new we'll, car we'll before talk, mine. Yeah, but. we'll talk about it. We'll talk about that a little <laughs> bit later. But yeah, we've got some news about some different cars that we've been putting about. I've posted a few of them online so people would have saw those. They follow me on Instagram. Um, so yeah, check those check those accounts out. What do you got in the market? Yeah, so a bit of a market update as we know auctions have been a bit quiet and um, yeah, so I guess big big question around what's going on is the market correcting and all these all these theories and everything. But we'll we will touch on a bit of that. But I guess into the market where it's sitting, um, I guess we'd like to kind of look at um, the newer market and what's happening there, and especially if we look at the W ones at the moment. A friend of mine just sold, and this is a real recent, it's only a couple of days ago, a son of, son of a gun W1 for 410000 So Private? Uh, through Muscle Car Stables. I think that one was. Okay. So, yep. So, um, I know them. They're good to deal with for yep. the most part. I've had only a small dealing with them. They picked up a car that I sold, two cars yep. that I sold, yep. and they, they were pretty good to deal with. Yeah, they are. So, And that got us looking around what's happening in the W1 space. So the highest one listed at the moment is still the red one for 625000 and the cheapest on the market at the moment, uh, I think, was 23000 or something on the clock for 369 Um I have known of some at the moment wholesaling around um, for 340s and things. So it tends to be correcting a little bit, but not in massive sway. It's not right into the 200s and everything like some people have been speculating. So just remember with a lot of these cars there, a lot of people would purchase them were cash and super fun owners and everything. So I guess it's the ones who probably draw on mortgages, already had a high-end mortgage drawn on that, interest rates rising. Inflation, cost of living, Yeah, etc. Um, where that hurt is, I think that's you'll probably see that more in the GDS kind of market around that. Um, yeah, but the W1s seem to be the cash money owners, so I think that will stay around that um, around that kind of money. GDSR's highest one listed at the moment is three hundred eighty thousand, and the lowest is one hundred seventy five. A mate of mine just picked up as well a black auto for one hundred forty thousand with twenty seven thousand kilometers on the, on the clock. So. Um, kind of sets a tone for that kind of market with that sitting. Uh, Malou's GDSR highest one listed at the moment is three hundred and fifty thousand, and the lowest for one fifty. Um, interesting recent purchase is a friend just picked up a VX GDS stock. Will does have an exhaust, but it comes with their standard exhaust. One owner, um, black cloth trim navigation sunroof with eighty one thousand k's on the clock for sixty five thousand. So we were seeing that kind of that market uh, creeping up into the 80s and 90s and everything, but that's kind of um, that's that's just a good of 
good indicator for the older Series H's fees to where that's kind of sitting. On to the FPV stuff, GDF market. Uh, 289,000 is the highest listed and the lowest is 130k with 90,000 on the clock there. So, yeah, they've dropped a little bit. They've, mm. they've kind of evened out a little bit and um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But they've, uh, they were pushing, you know, the mid to 200s consistently. And yep. now a lot of those dropped to like the low twos and, and high ones. So, yeah, we're seeing, we're seeing them pull back just a, just a slight bit. Yeah. For sure. Uh, F6 market. So um, 90K is the highest for an R spec and 48,000 for the lowest. Um, so I guess, man, where all that's really sitting at the moment, your sister just sold her F6, didn't she? Yeah, got, got uh, I think in the, what would I say, 80, around 80 ballpark, 70s, yeah. 80s, somewhere around Yeah, I around think it was around 80 or something. So yeah, which, money for that, yeah so. real, real good money. So um, yeah. high Ks, I think, too. I think yeah. it was in the 50s or 60s. So pretty good. Yeah, and it's still um yeah, still seeing aspects high K ones getting uh, listed and listed and things at the moment around about that 50, 60 gram mark. So uh, that's all sitting there and um yeah, that's seeing the series two F six market still really strong, especially if you've got a white one, still seems to be the flavour and pulling at big dollars like um Bogut sister did. And uh you re- recently purchased a GDF. Yeah, yeah finally found one with your help um here in here in uh in Melbourne, uh, we won't disclose the price, of course, but mm-hmm. uh, a, a decent deal. I've, I've driven around actually a couple last couple of days, and they're, they're a beautiful car. They're yeah, a really fun car to drive. Um, really nice car. Um, first could do do some work as we've spoken about. First, getting out of first, first is really not punchy at all. And as you, as you said to me, they've they've turned that back to protect the drivetrain and yeah, whatnot. correct. So we know that. Uh, the- yeah, the FPVs and Fords aren't really the best for the drivetrain um, over time, so they do. Cop a bit of a beating at the start. They can handle it a bit, but then after a while, things will start shitting themselves real quick. So, um, yeah, they're pretty pretty smart to try and dial that back there. But yeah, the pull once you get those going, and especially that pull from like 100 to 160 is. I haven't done that. I, I yeah. just stay with, under the speed limit at all times. Yeah, you do. Um, yep, and yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, the yeah, second second and third are fun. Would have liked a bit more of a note on startup just to give it that feel that you're in a you're in a a one off. For FPV, essentially, mm-hmm. a limited edition would have been nice to hear a bit more of a rumble, but yep. they, they drive beautifully. They're a beautiful car. Uh, enjoy, I've enjoyed driving that. Um, you know, so for all people out there that just say we're, we're HSV and Holden, I like both, um, mm-hmm. which is sacrilege to most, but I think there's beauty in in different eras. Um, I like different eras. So, you know, obviously the 80s, I think I was more HSV Holden than HSV into the 90s. Yep. And then I like some of the FPV stuff, EBGT. So I think we're both the same. We've got a mix oh, of, 100%, a mix yeah. in our collection. I think most most purists can understand that. Um, you know, we're, we're not, we've banged on about it numerous times, but, you know, oh, everything Ford's ugly or everything Holden's ugly because I'm a fan of this. It's like pretty much like politics, right? It's yeah. like, mate, seriously, there's there's nice makes in all models. So yeah. I definitely respect that. That's been a fun car. And, and you you uh, bought one of your old hacks. I did, bought it back. So I had an 06 VZ uh, Maloo, uh that uh, was actually Charlie Dixon. So Charlie listens to the pod, so shout out Charlie. Was his and, um, yeah, so he had that and, um, yeah, he just – told me one day he sold it to another bloke and he goes oh you know you'd be chasing a 06 maloo um yeah my old one um guy's thinking about selling that so he, he helped me source that and i got that uh then i moved that on uh to a friend and um he had it for a bit and then messaged me and said he's thinking about selling it and could help myself and bought it back so um absolutely love the thing so it's manual as well so manual 06 in silver 
Beautiful, beautiful car. So, um, yeah, I'm glad, glad to have that back. But same kind of thing, feels a bit slow. So I want to put a blower on it, but um, hard to find a blower. So I might put a cam in it for now and blow it later, see what happens when there are more blowers floating around. So More anything. I mean, yeah, every, everything's, <laughs> everything's a pain in the ass, as, as most people that dabble in. I think any any industry right now, we've been yeah. speaking about this, this for years with COVID, but it's gotten worse, like ordering – even furniture, like I ordered a couch the other day and they're like, oh, it'll be, you know, six to nine months. You're like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. And, you know, uh, we moved homes not long ago and some of our stuff was delayed. It's the same with car parts. It's the same with anything with logistics, anything coming from overseas to little old Australia. We're kind of, unfortunately, such a small population that we're last on the list for a lot of shit. And yeah. Spare parts, all that fun stuff. Um, it's You're, you're going to be waiting a long time if you're ordering it from overseas. So that's just oh, the- exactly. The frustration of living so far away from the rest of the um, the free world, I guess, but that's mm. something you just got to deal with. But yeah, I mean, two good cars we've got back. Um, what else are you seeing with the market? Well, that is the big burning question, probably. Um, yeah, probably 70% of the questions that uh, get sent through via the Facebook page and through my Instagram is, what's our market overview? What's going on? So uh, look, I mean- yeah, is probably the number one at the moment. So with um, inflation, like we touched on that, interest rates going up. I mean, if you look at um, probably majority in Sydney uh, that are holding mortgages at the moment, probably an average mortgage there is a million bucks, mm-hmm. I suppose, for um, any of the guys around our age. And if you look at that, that's probably risen by about 1000 1100 a month if you've got a million-dollar mortgage. So if you look at that extra surplus cash floating around, when we had records, um, low rates, People drawing on mortgages, buying toys, etc. Well, I suppose with um, cost of living and rates going up at the moment, that's not as easy to do. So I think that uh, it's like my mate who bought that VXGDS I was just talking about. He didn't really care. He wasn't really looking for one. He threw an offer out there and waited two weeks and got a call back going, you're still keen? He goes, yeah, why not? And to be honest, I was the same with that with that Malou. wasn't actively looking Mate goes, think about selling and threw an offer to him. He goes, oh, I'll think about it. A week later, came back to me. He goes, well, look, if you can, you've got your money ready to go. Wired it, deal done. So guess it's if you've got that surplus money and you've got that and you are at that point where you kind of really don't care and you can just throw some offers out there, that seems to be the changing hand mentality right now when it comes to cars because it's rolling the dice. You've got to try and be smart and buy without emotion because, A, can you afford it? If you've got to get personal loans or draw on mortgages, et cetera, to try and purchase a car, like I said, you've got to put your family and everything else first, and I think that's what's just pulling back the market. So, yeah, I think the high end will be okay. Yeah. Um, so your, your GTFs, you know, your GTS RW1s, even your your high end um, old school muscle cars, you know, your Boss Boss 302s, Boss 429s, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm big block Chevelles, um, all that kind of stuff will hold, I think, because that's a different, it's kind of- It is a different market. Yeah, generally yeah. people that, are generally, like you said, there is a small percentage, unfortunately, that, that or fortunately, that, that draw on their mortgage trying to keep up with the craze mm-hmm. and probably a, cannot can somewhat afford it in the right financial times. These yep. aren't it. So that'd be a minority, though. I think with the with the three four hundred thousand dollar cars, that'd be a minority of people. Maybe five percent, I'd say. Yeah, exactly. I think most people that own those cars understand that you know you need coin not only to, to own them but to maintain them and yep. take care of them. Something goes wrong with them, the insurance premiums on them aren't cheap. So usually they have money. So I think that that'll be okay. I think where we see is what you just said, the, the GTS market that went from you know fifty sixty k for mint ones three four four five years ago yep. to, to now 
they're asking ones to mid, like for a mint, mint low kilometre, yeah. has bumped up the examples that are 50,000, 60,000 oh, exactly. to I that price, paid, right? I think I paid for my Gen F GDS when it was like eight months old, had like 8,000 Ks on the clock with a sunroof and, mm-hmm. you know. Nice LSA GDS and yeah, that's the thing. I paid like high sixties for it. Exactly, and like that's the thing now. That's doubled in price. So, so that, that, I think not, that, I think they're the cars sustainable that are going to be affected, and the people that were like, I can't get in the the GTS RW1 market, or I can't get into that market. Mm. So let me just buy this, and then it's bumped all those middle, yeah. kind of the low to middle class cars up, right? And I think they're they're the ones that are probably going to drop a little bit because holding costs for them. You know, holding a car and just parking it's expensive. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you can't, if if you can barely afford the mortgage payment on your house, and then all of a sudden you got insurance, you got maintenance costs, and then you mm. do take it out. You haven't taken it out for a while. Something shits itself. So, yeah, that I think that's kind of the part of the market that's going to struggle and probably probably plateau a little bit. But it'll be interesting to watch. Um, I, I doubt you're going to see a fire sale by any means, but I think on the flip side, it could be a good buying opportunity. It's, yeah, it's like real estate, exactly. right? Like it's you know. You, when everyone's fearful, you got to be you mm. got to be the fox and try to take advantage of it. Because, and then replacing these cars, um, they're not made anymore. I think that's probably the one thing that's um, it's got going for it is yep. HSV, FPV, Ford, Holden, especially. They're not being made anymore, so there's that historic nostalgic feel. There's obviously the rumors around petrol cars, at least new ones being banned in five, yep. 10, 15 years. Will that then turn into any petrol car by? Another 30, 40 years. Mm. They've, I, th- I think, I'd argue they've become more valuable because they have museum pieces. They become yeah, something of a relic, right? Very, very rare. You know, maybe they'll let you drive them 90 days a year the way we're going or something like that on one of those permits for a petrol car. But um, I think they'll be fine if you can hold on to them long term. But yeah, the middle, the middle tier stuff that's high numbers, I think they're going to be greatly affected by, the, mm. by what's going on. And CPI right now is between six and seven percent yep. inflation rate. So yeah, like you said, if, if, if you have borrowed to, to buy a muscle car or your mortgage payments are going up, you're probably the first thing that goes, the first thing the missus looks at when you're struggling. Oh, exactly. And you want to go on a holiday and you can't afford it yeah. is that car sh- sitting in the shed that you drive once, yep. once or twice. You won't be selling a Kia Carnival. Nah. I think the GDS in the garage that's will the be first gone. Thing, exactly. And then that's, that's <laughs> going to save you. you know, yeah. Your insurance alone, it's a couple of grand a exactly, year. Yeah. So most people will go that route. Daily driver update. How's your- you, You're supposed to get your Raptor, right? Is, is it delivered yet? Yeah, it's- um, Your brand new Ford I Raptor? have. I ordered a brand new Raptor. Yeah, everyone knows. It's supposed to be delivered already though, right? Oh, it you was. Told me. End, of the, was. end of the year, man. It What's was. going on? Sold my 2021 Raptor thinking, all right, in a couple of months, we'll be getting my new one. Ha! Yeah, that's uh, been pushed out a bit. So August to possibly October, November- to then December, then I'm getting told March now. And then I've got some other exciting news. So with the um, – yeah, so the price that is on my contract for my new Raptor is going to be changing. It is going up by about 1300 bucks, and I think probably another 700 bucks for metallic paint. Um, wow. So that's going up as well. So the contract – Ink wasn't even dry. It's already been changed. Yeah, right? there are a lot of terms and conditions in there that the price can change. Um, so that's uh, – I'm waiting for that update, but I just saw that that, um, that was circulating news. So, yeah, a couple, couple of grand on contracts probably going to go up. Um, but on the other good news, you can actually order an electric roller shutter for it, so through Ford. But well, We're getting to, modern. We're getting modern with Ford. Electric. I know, electric roller shutter. So, um, but you've been offered You've been offered to sell yours already, right? The, I, the, yeah. the rights to yours? I, I have been, yeah. Yeah? So, yeah. Um, but that was if it was coming now, so probably 
Um, further on, probably not so on, much. Probably not so much. It's probably getting cheaper and cheaper. Um, but I have had some friends that have flipped their contracts for some money, but um, 15, apparently- 20, 30K over, right? I think, think 10 to 15. Yep. I have seen posts of people, but not sure. True. If it's true, if they're getting that kind of money. But um, look, I mean, the new Raptor is great. It um, ticks all the boxes, fantastic looking, and also good to see performance as well, seeing they're running um, like mid-13 quarter miles compared to, I think, zero to 117 seconds in the old one we had. So, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, looking forward to getting it when I get it. It's probably going to be 2026 by the time I do If you get it. it by Christmas, like I said, if you get it by Christmas uh, 23, <laughs> you're, you're, I'm telling yeah, you, man, no, the way the world's well. going- if they're already up charging, you know, that means they haven't even got close to paint, you know, to, to painting yeah. it or anything like that. And then, yeah. you know, something will happen on the ship. There'll be a protester about, you know, fossil fuels or something blocking oh, the ship, yeah. getting <laughs> exactly. to the port. And then, you, oh, it's just going to, you know, that's how it goes now. There's a yeah. lot of delays. So, unbelievable. Um, but um, you also ordered a. Ordered a new truck. So yeah, I got mine before you. you and actually, I, I put yeah, my you order in after you, man. I got, I got lucky. Had some shout out to uh, Walkinshaw. Um, you know, HSV, formerly HSV down there in Clayton, helped me out a little bit. But I, uh, I ended up ordering a Ram TRX about early this year, maybe. I think it was early this year sometime. Um, and they, they like you to go a green, green vehicle? It's, oh, it's electric. You know, it's electric. <laughs> 6.2 litre electric. Yep. I actually posted that it was electric on my Instagram and had people like, are you serious? Where where do you get one of those from? Like, it's not electric. It's me being a sarcastic dickhead, but- um, How's Parrot? I heard they're a bit slow, 707 horsepower. Not not really a lot. Yeah, it's a- a, I'm stopping- Weighs less than the new BMW M2 though, so- Awesome cars, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, like I, I love it. Like I, I, I don't want to knock your Ranger, but <laughs> I had, I still had my Ranger. I, I just sold my Ranger, so I had them parked next to each yeah. other. It, it looks like a little child next to it, man. <laughs> like the Americans do pick up trucks, right? Oh yeah. Like yeah. the thing is, like I've got my seat as far back as I can get it. I've got my kids behind me who their legs can barely touch the seat. Um, that's how much room's in the yeah. back. There's compartments in the floor. There's all these trap doors for stuff. So good. It's got an iPad-sized screen at the front of it. Heated cool seats, fully loaded with everything. Just a phenomenal car. Um, nice little wine in the supercharger as you're driving yeah. by, even even at slow idle. Um, Damn cool. You, you know, in, in city, it's obviously very thirsty. Um, when I first got it, it was driving around the city. I'm running it in, of course, but, you know, it's close to 30 litres to the 100 in, in, in a city, yeah. obviously. But I've, I've taken it out, um, took it down to Lismore and uh, drove up to Brisbane, actually, for, for an NBL game. And I, I managed to get it to about 18, 19, which isn't too that's, bad. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't driving good. erratic. I was just trying – I wanted to see – I want to try to see how low I can get this, you know. Yeah. Um, so it is a 100-litre tank, thank God, Yeah. Uh, or 105, 110. So I don't have to – you know, even even if you are going at 30 litres yeah, per 100. So you just you, fill up twice a day. That's not bad. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> so thankfully where I live uh, right now, everything's kind of close by, but it's, yeah. it's such a fun car, a lot of room. I'm hoping I can fit my uh, – ATV in there. I'm pretty sure I can. I'm pretty sure I can just fit it in the tray. Uh, I think. So I need to buy some some ramps. Um, yeah. Just for when they need servicing, it saves me buying a bloody trailer and having to do all that. But the roll the- cage on the ATV won't block your vision. There's no roll cage. No, <laughs> yeah, oh, the bar. Just the rear bar. Yeah. The rear. There's no roll cage. Just that yeah. stupid rear bar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hope, I just love them. They're, if you haven't, even if you didn't get the TRX, like the the, the big boy motor, even if you just got a Ram, yeah, fifteen hundred, um, they're they're great cars, man. Like they're really really good. A lot of great new advanced technology. Some of it's annoying. So if you don't have your seatbelt on, your transmission won't work. 
which is interesting. So, right. you know, when you pull out of your driveway, you yeah, kind of start exactly. pulling off and, you put your, yeah. and then you put your belt on. Well, um, if you, you sit in a driveway, put it in rever- reverse or drive, um, belt's not on, you can't accelerate. It's got a blocker on it. Wow. Okay. And then you literally have to clip your belt in and then give it a second and then it, the sensor lets you release it. So Jeez. that, it's got the the lane change warning, um, a lot of high-end tech on it. Some of yeah. it annoying, some of it not, but for a car of that magnitude, I guess you get all the bells and whistles. But yeah, fantastic car. Highly recommend it. If you got kids, I, I as Justin can attest, a, a pickup truck or a ute. Um, oh, so good. If you've got kids, a four-door, you chuck everything in the back. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. I even see, like, even the other day, we're at, um, we're at Harvey Norman who just bought some bar stools and that. And you just take them home. Yeah, and, and that's what I was thinking. Um, shit. I was like, man- how are we going to do this? I'm like, I'm going to have to go make two trips. So I ended up taking the kid's seat and all that out, put them in an Uber so I can put the bar stalls in the car that we took there because we didn't plan on going. Oh, you didn't have the- No, we, oh, no, we didn't plan you. at the time mm. to go buy them. When I was like, man, if I have my freaking Raptor, oh, yeah, you don't have I just chucked them in the back. So it's just, yeah. I was like, the best. like I bought, a, I bought a fridge the other day and yep. just picked that up myself. I'm just yep. like, you know, yeah. where is it? Warehouse is down there. Cool, I'll go get it myself. I don't want to wait three or four days for it. And yeah, exactly. When I got it. It's just so, so handy just to do everything. But yeah, if, if you're outdoor, like, look, if you're if you're living in a city, Melbourne, Sydney, hipster coffee drinker, mm. and you're going, you know, you're not you're not really out and about too much, you you obviously wouldn't want one. You, you're yeah. happy with your little, your little Tesla and, and charge up, but- um. Yeah, I think as far as your everyday errands and all that kind of stuff with kids, go bikes, go karts, all yeah. that crap. You know, go down to the farm, go down do this, go down do that. Sensational cars. It's, it's funny even saying like the size of your Ram. Like here, you go fuck. It's big because you look around like you don't really see them. But it was funny just my small time I was over in my holiday in America. Because you're seeing them everywhere. Yeah. You do, it's just and the roads aren't be- different. It becomes normal. But like that excuse go, oh, of like our roads aren't fit for a big car like that is a load of shit because yeah. the road, I had a, I had a Raptor, the, the real Raptor in the US and on, on highways like my guards were basically on every on, on each lane when I was in my lane. Yeah. So I didn't have much room to move. And it's the same here. Like the roads are exactly the same. It was just that biggest excuse they had for so many years. Oh, we can't import them here because they don't fit on the roads. A load of shit, man. But um, the other good thing about them is people let you in when you indicate. <laughs> they, yeah. they let you straight in. It's sensational. You know, you yeah. put the indicator on. Yeah, it doesn't even. It doesn't away. get to the second click of the indicator. Like yeah. you, one click on the light, people are like pulling a handbrake to let yeah. you in. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and you just feel safe, man. You're up high. Um, you got your step guard, so most cars are going to hit that anyway, and not damage yeah. your car. So, yeah, I highly recommend them if, if you can afford them. Uh, you don't need the TRX big boy; you can always just get the smaller motor in them uh, without the supercharger. But uh, a really fun car to drive, and, and they did a really good job with the conversion. So far, so good. So I'm almost at a thousand k's. Got to take it back in for its thousand kilometer yeah. check and make sure everything's okay. Yeah. Um, I think the guys at Walkinshaw do do a fantastic job. So yeah, because I think yeah. um, ASV did the other ones. I think this is a step up on that conversion yeah. from not just because I bought one, but that's yeah. that's what it, a lot of people have told me. They've done a better job. I think ASV's early conversions weren't the best. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done a better job since. Yeah, but I think Walkinshaw's. You know, they're saying a, a little bit of a better quality conversion. So yeah, good. Um, we'll see how that goes. News. What do we got? Cool. Um, got a lot of news this week. Yeah, so Chevrolet Corvette Z06, which is due in mid-23. So GM, they won't fix prices to stop excessive dealer delivery fees. So some GMSV showrooms in Australia have charged between $25,000 and $39,500 for dealer delivery, while others have charged customers their rate of around about 2000 
So. Well, that happened with my Ram. So I think the deal, because mm. the way it works is um, I had a connection at Walkinshaw um, and they helped me push up push up the line a little bit. Um, and then it obviously goes to Ram Australia and then they, yep. they distribute them to how they want. So I think the dealer was just got told, hey, we're delivering this car here for this guy. Yep. So the dealer's probably like, damn, if we could have if we could have ordered it for him, we could have taxed on another yeah. you know, 20, 30K. So I could technically flip that Ram right now and make 30, 40K like instantly, right? Yeah, on sticker, but um, yeah, go on. I mean, it's a similar thing with it, with, with with the Chevys. Yeah, but it's just crazy. I mean, just just these dealer de- delivery fees in general. Like, I mean, even with the whole Raptor thing. So, in the group there, and I was having a chat to Paul Marrick as well about it. That um, yeah, we're just kind of doing our whole head scratch around these dealer delivery fees. So some dealers were charging five, six grand, and then others two grand, and and everything. So that is a normal around around about that two thousand dollars. But um, yeah, it's just. It is an absolute head scratch, but I suppose supply and demand right now. It's um, and that's it's it's not a dealer delivery fee. It's a supply. It's a demand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fee. Like, let's be honest. The dealers aren't doing anything different to it. They're not putting a sticker pack on it or, or putting no. putting put a nice little tune on for you. Besides the bow tie that that you get, it's it's literally. Do you want it? We can yeah. get it for you, but you got to pay a premium for it if you want it now, or wait a year and you can get it for the price you want it for. Oh, so, exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's the FOMO effect. But yeah, you hate to see it. Um, dealers are notorious for it. The US, they do a better job of it, I felt like. But even according to this, it's, you know, even in the US now, dealers are starting to tack on. If they know it's a rare car and they know, you know, their, their city or their town's only getting one or two of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They hold all the cards, they hold the cards in the deck, right? Like, mm. would you want it? Well, cool. Yeah. You got to pay overs. We've got like 15 people that want this damn car. So, yeah, exactly. Pretty interesting. Um, 23 year old male driver from South Australia. Was detected by Daniloquin Highway Patrol. Shout out to Jock Landau. Spends a lot of time up in Denny. Pushing his Holden, not Commodore, Barina to 162 kilometers an hour, an hour on a 100 kilometer stretch of road. Now, I don't condone speeding, but surely he gets some sort of medal from the cop that- <laughs> for getting a Barina to 162 kilometers an hour. Yeah. Must but- have been, yeah. Oh. LS swapped or something, the Verena <laughs> to get 162. Jesus Christ. That's damn impressive. Damn so. impressive and risky. That thing would have been almost driving diagonally. Those, things, those skinny little <laughs> tires they have on them. You hit one little pebble, mate, you're, you're in some trouble. So yeah. I assume Holden Verena, ice probably played a part, maybe in that or something, something along the lines. It was just so funny. There's just some of the comments like flying around about it. It was just kind of like no one's. Bagging the speed of everyone's just holy fuck! How has how the do marina done that? Well done, <laughs> yeah, well done, <laughs> brother. Well done. That's uh, yeah, that's in, that's impressive for a Holden marina. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do it, but uh, kudos to him. He's lost his license probably for what three years now, or two years. <laughs> um, good luck when you get it back. Yeah, interesting. Uh, interesting. Uh, one I saw here: so Mercedes Benz sees one point eight million dollars in counterfeit parts globally in twenty twenty one. Despite more than 650 raids being conducted worldwide last year, Mercedes-Benz claims profits from counterfeit car parts industry are higher than drug trafficking and continuing to grow. Well, what the fuck do you expect when you can't get car parts? I think that's a big flurry. That and when they went for a genuine Mercedes-Benz <laughs> car part, they're, they're asking for a kidney, right? Yeah, exactly. But so. I think they're telling porkies, man. That's That's, you know- documented what the police catch in drug trafficking. <laughs> yeah. And I still don't think it's hitting that, but- I mean, what do you expect people to do? Like, there's a lot of people that buy. There's a lot of dreamers that were spoken about mm. that buy Merce- buy Mercedes. It's five or six years old, thinking yeah. I want to be a baller. I can kind of afford it, but uh, yeah. not realizing that something goes in those things, and you want a genuine part. 
it's going to cost you a lot oh, of money, yeah, right? Exactly. So like they go, the, they go with the cheap alternative. Yeah. You can't blame people for doing that. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm I'm all for it if it keeps your car on the road. But sometimes when you see, like, I mean, even oh, you know, for safety, yeah, yeah, exactly. But you see it that even like me, and as you you know, a lot of listeners know, I'm um, managed on the HS, you know, on the bigger HSV groups on Facebook, and we've got a um, marketplace on there. And when I seen people just trying to flog off, you know, copy HSV just shit. Just because mm. it's got a HSV logo and all that on it, like we don't, you know, in shady looking floor mats and everything, and trying to get away with it that way. I'm not, um, don't condone that part of it. But yeah, like I said, if it's a safety point, trying to get the car on the road, geez, I mean, what do you expect to do if you got to, got to get to work, but then your part's going to be turning up in eight weeks or something? So these are people that are actually selling them. Is it genuine? Yeah, is that what I, saying? I think it'd be. I mean, for that, I reckon it'd have to be a blend between things. I mean, there are a heap of, you know. Fake AMG shit and all that around yeah, that was exactly. said, like that's all happening and that's that's crap. But um, see that on eBay and all over the place like that. But, but you might have like a, you might need a Louver or something, and they say, look, there's a Repco one that's an alternative. Yeah, that's fine. right? Yeah, it's exactly. Just, I, I assume that they were claiming that they were genuine is is the issue with yeah. all of this, right? So um, I, I think in I think they're just trying to control it all at the moment. So, but um, be interesting. Fifty raids though, geez, that's quite I know a, that um, that is that's for one for mm. one. Yeah, it's really for one. All right. US electric car specialist Tesla is facing legal action on three fronts in Germany as a Model 3 owner launches a court case after he discovered the, comp- discovered the company had tried to conceal cracks in the body by painting over him. As you do, you just paint over yeah. it. It's fine. Another owner in Germany has complained about damaged paint. Um, and you actually drove a Tesla uh, while you were holidaying in the US in Hawaii. Um, what yeah, you, what it did. Um Look, man, my, my wife was keen on getting a Tesla at the time and went and booked in a test drive. Um, drove the Tesla Model 3 Performance and thought, oh, okay, everyone's banging on about how quick these things are and everyone's like, man, you're going to buy one straight away. You absolutely love it. Drove it. Didn't, yeah. Didn't grab you? No, nah, I didn't like, don't run quick. Otherwise, I like look around and, and I'll see things. The quality is not the greatest and you kind of go, it just had no soul to it. And thought, yeah, I don't know. And so the missus didn't half mind it. So we thought, yeah, while we're over in the States looking around the cars and I thought, you know what, I'll just get one for, you know, by the time you're doing valet and everything, save on fuel, going, yeah, why not? Kind of makes sense, you know. With kids especially. Yeah, buzz around in that. So I had one for three days and thought, all right, that's a good way to test it. Did a lot of kilometres and things in the thing and thought, yeah, might grow on me, might change my mind. Not one bit. Really? <laughs> no. Nah, fan. Still feels very just, yeah, it's just nothing. It's kind of got, you just drive it and shrug and it's just a car. And, and I guess for someone who just wants creature comforts, the audio is pretty good, does what it does. And I think if you're that kind of person where you just think, yeah, just get in it, drive it. It's A to B. Enjoy it. Yeah, A to B and you treat it that way. Fine, but then you're probably not going to throw money at the performance. You might as well get the entry level or the long range, which is probably about a second slower, but still a fair chunk cheaper. Do you have any cases where you almost ran out of battery? Uh, you're right. It's just, I don't know if it's one of those things. As I was seeing it, they're saying to not charge it over like 90% or something, and then don't let it drop below 20% or some, something like that, where it's kind of like, What's the point? Okay, so what's the point? It doesn't give me a lot of range. Yeah. And then you do buzz around and, like, you start realising just even just doing short short trips to shopping centres and that around, it drops pretty quick. Yeah. And then- 
Well, well, highway, I, driving, I reckon, highway driving self-charges at somewhat, right? Yeah, but I think that I still would have a bit of that anxiety around driving going, one. Going a long way, yeah. Yeah, just- Well, you're just, not going to the country with one. Yeah, but I reckon after a while, that I don't know if it would become second nature where you start going, shit, I've got to log into a Zoom meeting for work, just quickly park the car going, oh, I've got to pick up the kids. And if you do that day-to-day life, then you think, fuck, I haven't even charged the car. Yeah, forgot. Oops. I would I would be that person. <laughs> I and that end up stuck on the side of the road. Yeah, I'd be going, fuck, I just didn't even think of that. So I just yeah. I just I, I think that's kind of what I'd be and I'm not I'm not definitely. What are the superchargers, do you know? How long do they take? Because you know they have those superchargers. Yeah, they in, do, yeah. in the US they do at least. I think they have some here now in Australia, I think where you park and they've got them on the shopping centers and whatever. I think it like cuts the time by like seven. Yeah, I think 60, there are some like chatty right? and all that now. Like a couple are, of hours you can get yeah. a full charge, right? Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But it like drains the power. And, and I don't know if you saw, but in Brighton there was apparently four or five houses in a row on a street that were charging their cars at once and something happened. There was like So yeah, I saw a post the other day, like in um one of my friends lives down in Brighton. Is in is in the group, and they're trying to look at pooling and doing some kind of to save a lot of yeah. the cars getting charged. They're trying to do it that to do an actual charging roster for your cars. Well, that and I think just because of the the pool that's taken from utilities to, yeah. to to that area, right? I think it, it can it can cause supply chain issues. I believe mm. um, because it sucks a lot. Of, like it takes a lot of power to charge those cars. Yeah. So you've got you know, four or five cars on one street, mm. one little small street, or imagine there's like 20, 30, 40, yeah. 50. So there was an issue there already. And look, our infrastructure is not there yet to, to, you know, they're saying by what, 2025, 2030, yeah. some will be ready for it. I don't see it. I think we're still going to have issues with it, but we bang on about yeah, that every I, week. But it's- I know I've, I've still got, you know, could be a bit of my old mentality around it, but uh, I, just, I just feel with this that if you buy one now, I just reckon that, It'd be one of those things within three years' time you'd be left to be you know, you're left obsolete. behind a bit. And then it's going to be like Five the, years' time, it'll be, geez, that's such old technology. It's going to be iPod slash yeah, be, to yeah. iPhone, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be like they're going to get less chunkier and all that. It's going to be the same. I think there's still a ways off from – until they can get a range to about 1,000 kilometres, in my opinion, I think yep. it's – I wouldn't get one um, mm. based on that because I I go long distances. I get up. We'll, we'll just go go places sometimes with the kids, just go out to – to a farm out in the middle of nowhere, sees man like we'll just go spare yeah. the moment, right? Just go and yeah. like the last We're thing exactly I want to do is be like, oh shit, mm. I'm only at 200 kilometer charge. Oh, we yeah. can't we can't go. I've got to got to wait to charge this yeah. fucking thing for three hours. It's, it's not us. So some people, like I said, for city people, it makes sense if you're living in the city and you you work in Richmond and you live you live in bloody Cremorne and you're just a little scooting around the CBD and all that. Get it, totally yeah. get it. Much easier. You don't have to go to a server for a while. Yeah. You can charge it in your apartment. Totally get it, but. For the vast majority of people, especially in Australia and the US, fly, mm. the flyover states at least, you just don't have the facilities to do it. it just, yeah, exactly. Especially as soon as you go out to the country, mm. it's going to be pretty tough. And then you, you're going to mandate everyone put a charger in their home or whatever. Like it's pretty, pretty tough. But um, we'll see how that goes. I mean, hopefully we still have this pot in three or four years when it changes and we can continue to talk about it. Mm. Did you see the South Australian Premier- Milanowskis, mm-hmm. um, what he's done with uh, – he's put in a legislation before the end of the year to establish a new licensing scheme for drivers of elite, not just normal, but elite high-powered sports cars, similar to motorcycle and truck licenses. So basically going to mandate that if you have money to buy an expensive car, you should learn how to drive it. What do you think? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> it's, um, look, I see it on one hand. <laughs> You go, okay, so 
I could see it that to try and incentivize another way, maybe lowering your insurance if you do this kind of course or something like that, you're going to do it, you know, make sense. But a special license for it, come on. Well, especially when we earlier in this podcast, we spoke about a Barina going 162 kilometers an hour. Yeah. If you want to be a dickhead, mm. you can do it in any car. Yeah. Pretty much. Besides maybe a Datsun 180B or whatever, whatever they are. Um, so- yeah, okay, there are the problem is got people get in these cars, they rent these cars, they be heroes, but they do that in, in any car. So now yeah. being the nanny country that we are, we're gonna put more legislation in, more rules. How about this? How about my whole thing is when you go to get your P plates, I think you should be mandated to take an expert driving course. Yeah. So if you're mm-hmm. just turning eighteen, you go down to Sandown, you go down to wherever, you spend what is it, six hours there. And you're losing. They're making you lose control of your car, yep. and they're teaching you of what to do. So mm-hmm. you're, you're, not, you're, it's wet, and you swerve. This is how you counter-correct that. Don't do this. Don't do that. That would be ten times more valuable than some another yeah. bullshit bit of paperwork. No, but that is spot on because the thing is, is high-powered sports cars, right? Let's just say young, inexperienced in a way, but then you've made your money in your crypto. You got out at the right time, and you went and bought a new McLaren, and you then go and yeah, cool. Right, I see what he's trying to control there. Or another guy who's got an XR6 Turbo chipped away at it over time and suddenly got five, six hundred real world kilowatts in his XR6 Turbo. Yeah. Who's gonna Who's gonna have a higher chance of something happening to? If you Especially look at if you look at it that way, it's older guy generally you buying spend those. money on performance, not braking, steering, yeah. everything else. So you kind of look at and go, what determines high powered sports cars? So you're right. I mean, to try and no, it actually it actually says elite in front of it too. Doesn't yeah, no, it just so say, yeah. elite would be your Ferrari, McLarens Lambo, and all that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. and forgetting about exactly. old mate who's pumped money into his XR6 Turbo, yeah. he's going to get himself in trouble. Yeah. So you're right. Try and control it all from day one, and that starts there. So yeah, I, I do agree. So I mean, yeah, I that. Think- we Probably just, is double-edged in a way. Like we have and- 50 different pieces of legislation for, mm. for, for road acts when a lot of them can just be thrown out of the window if you get a, if you actually mandated one small thing of get, make everyone learn how to drive, make everyone learn wet conditions, dry conditions, in-between conditions, you know, hail yeah. conditions, whatever, right? Let everyone know, oh, well, trucks just merge in your lane. What should you do? Yeah, when exactly. you're on, when you're on a one, one, lane, one yeah. lane highway each way, yeah. which way should you take it if you have to lose control of it? Mm-hmm. You know, which what should you hit? What should you – like, no one knows that. Yeah, like, especially yeah, – and exactly. they say, oh, I was never taught this. It's like, well, that, that'd be more – That'd be better than just an L plate and then a P plate and now, you know, we'll get onto it later, but R plates and it's just like, it's just all box ticking revenue. Yeah. And I'll give you an example, like a, getting a gun permit in Australia is the biggest, most wildest process because it teaches you nothing besides how to be book smart. Yeah. I'll give you an example. You can go and get your gun license. You go through all the processes, you do your test, you do your safety course. And keep in mind, you've never touched a gun in your life, right? Mm. You've never handled a gun. You can go get your license, pass everything, get it right, get your permit, you know, almost a year later. You get your permit to acquire. You get your permit to acquire. You can go and buy yourself a a rifle or a shotgun. Mm. Take it home. And you've never handled a a firearm in your life, (laughs) ever. Jeez. And you can take this gun home and now go and, and you know, shoot on a farm or go hobby shooting or go to a- a gun club, but you you don't know how to load it. You've never seen it. You don't know the mechanisms, uh, and you're like, mate, like it's it's the biggest yeah. load. It's it's just all box ticking, but it's not bettering the people. It's not giving yeah. them the skill. Whereas you should be mandated to go and 
you know, go and show somebody, okay, before we give you the access to take this firearm home, mm. can you you need to show us that you're capable of, you know, can you load it? How do you unload it? Where's the safety? What don't you do? What, you know? Yeah. That would be common sense, right? But no, no, you're just going to tick a few boxes on a form, do a safety course that you pay a couple hundred bucks for, which they basically tell you the answers in person to. Yeah. And then you get your firearm. And they, it's like, what are we doing here? Jesus. Like I get, I get to an extent they're doing- they have this long process, so an idiot, you know, gets in a fight with someone, can't just go and buy a gun and shoot and totally get it. I'm all about cooling off period for firearms and that kind of stuff. That that makes total sense. But this is the same as this, you know, Premier Melanowskis from SA. It's just it's not you're not helping anyone. You're just imposing more BS and more loopholes and more funds for the government. Yeah. But you're not bettering the person. You're not yeah. giving them a chance to better themselves. But that's that's how we are in Australia, man. Like we just have more laws that come out, but we're not bettering our people. So mm. I'd love to see them have some sort of highly skilled. And I, and I also on top of that for elderly, and I'm not picking on elderly. I'll, I'll do the same when I'm elderly. There should be an age cutoff where you need to go and yeah redo this. Yeah, because there's a lot of people that probably Doing shouldn't that. be on the roads that are still on the roads, and that could even mean just driving under the. Because if you drive severely under the speed limit, you're you're causing a lot of problems on the road. Yeah. Well, even coming here today, it's the same thing. There's an old lady driving driving in a Mazda in the middle lane, and so lucky she was in the right lane, but she's in the middle lane, but she's probably doing 60, 65. On the freeway. On the freeway. In exactly. The zone. And then people are overtaking both yeah, sides, exactly. you don't, and, and then all of a sudden they're turning. So and, yeah. I think like something maybe hit 70, you got to go do another, another course, yeah. another test, and then 75 and 80. I'm, I'm for that. that. That makes sense. But it's like- you know, elderly might say, oh, it's discriminatory, but I would, ha- I would be happy to do it to prove that yeah. I can drive. And, and when, when my time's up, I can't drive. Yeah, Because exactly, I think it yeah. keeps – if you're talking about actual common sense road safety, that would be it. Lead, leads us on to our plates. Um, Victoria has just announced they have a new plate. It's called the R plate, so another another great revenue stream. You can get this. It uh, returning, returning driver, return driver, that's what it stands for. So it's for someone who – has suffered some sort of trauma um, yeah. and now he's back on the road or someone who's just decided not to drive for a couple of years. So yeah. um, I would advise that they don't get on the road and they maybe go and practice again or go and do a course because- Yeah. So if sh- old mate and his Brina lost his license for speeding for a couple of years, will he return with an R plate? If, if it gave him anxiety that he got pulled over, no, he'd be, he's probably returning on his, on his L, no, P's, right? He returns yeah. on his P's, but- it's like how, how much are we dumbing down society? It's like, yeah, oh, I'm I'm kind of scared to drive, but I want to. I know we'll give you an R plate. You have every right to drive, even though you're shit scared and you're shaking. Go on the road. The other drivers should respect you. And it's like, yes, we got to have that human element of respecting each other. But if it's a hundred and you you've got an R plate on and you're going forty, mm. it's going to cause more stress and anxiety and people doing dumb shit and risking yeah. their lives. So. Oh, exactly. And, and even then, I mean, you got to see it that you know we are a country that likes to take the piss. It's just how we'll. How would some, you know, tradies gone past in their high luxes at Friday afternoon after, trying a, couple to get of, home. after a couple of beers? Or trying to get home, like to the oh, stuck in peak hour traffic, and, yeah, exactly. and you're almost home, and you're, you're next. Yeah, you're, they're hanging out the window. Oh, hanging sorry, shit I'm on gone them. fifty no. under the. I'm, I'm a recovering driver. I'm returning, and it's like, yeah. I, I think common courtesy. Don't need to discuss that. Everyone should have that on the road. Yeah. But if you're scared to drive, you probably shouldn't be driving, in my opinion. Yeah, like exactly. Ubers, Ubers around, public transports around. If you're if you're that scared, you need a plate to tell everyone you, you're scared. Yeah. I mean, it's just just more bubble wrap, in my opinion. Yep. Final one. 
Banks shocked car loan announcement for customers. So a major Australian bank has announced it will stop offering loans for petrol and diesel cars as part of an aggressive approach to combat climate change. Bank Australia has said says it will seize funding for new fossil fuel vehicles from 2025 onwards, though it will continue to offer customers finance for second-hand petrol and diesel cars. Yeah, slippery slope. Um, now, they're not. I'd love to know who owns Bank of Australia because it might mm. be one of the big four, I'd assume. Yeah. Um, it says a major Australian bank. They're not a major Australian bank, of course, mm. but I reckon they're a subsidiary of, of one of those big four. But, I mean, the writing's on the wall, like – Petrol cars are, are going to be dinosaurs soon. Yeah. Um, it's a matter of when. Um, but to say the science is settled on everything and, and this is going to change the world, I'm, I'm not sold on it. I'm just not. I, I think that the, the, the batteries, the digging up those batteries is very detrimental to the environment. It's often done with slave labor. You know, it's often done with, with kids that are, you know, dealing with that stuff is toxic to them. Yeah. Um, so this isn't just a net win completely. There's 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 another side of the coin. And I'm not pro-, pro uh, Big oil and big petrol. Um, I'm not completely anti-battery. I think there needs to be a discussion on both sides. It's not yep. as easy as we're going to stop petrol cars after a certain amount of years and then bat- battery only, and then we're never going to have a cloudy day again or have smog. Mm. Like that's just insane because the amount of resources and what they need to do to make these batteries. I just watched a doco on it the other day. Is insane. Yeah, the amount of temperatures. Oh, they have yeah, to, exactly, they have to yeah. get the, the chemicals down to to put yep. to, to put into the battery. Uh, and and these batteries, you know, can cause issues. Um, so we're seeing it. We're seeing it everywhere. I don't know if you saw it with with Netball Australia, um, and with cricket. Uh, Cummins has just come out and said that he, he, I think Woodside is it Woodside. Uh, no, that's one of their sponsors is a petroleum company of Cricket yeah. Australia. He said he, he he thinks that sponsor should be wiped off Cricket Australia because they they don't combat climate change. Netball Australia, who are on their dying in. The, Basically, we're on their knees for funding. Mm. Got sponsored by um, Gina Reinhardt, whatever her name is, oh, yeah. her company, whatever yep. it's called. There's a protest against that because they're not climate change friendly. It's like they're about to go under the league. So we're seeing this in all walks of life. The activists are now entrenched in going after sporting clubs, organisations that are involved with um, with whatever sporting sporting clubs, racing car drivers, whatever. Right, and they're saying, oh. You should play, players and athletes are saying boycott that sponsor. They're funding your game to an extent, right? Wow. And, and you're like, okay, so what extent are we going to go to? Uh, is, is Eddie Had going to be allowed to sponsor people still? Like that's a that's, that's a country that's not very favourable to women. Yeah. You know, the list goes on and on and on and on. So we'll start seeing climate change rounds, and they'll have to wear special jerseys. Yeah, but you're you're, play, <laughs> you're, you're playing a freaking sport that gets yeah. you on a plane every week. Yeah. Like you got to have some sort of you know, you got to look at yourself a little bit and be like, hang on. Like I'm pro this, but my job is contributing to yeah to, like, to pollution exactly. because yeah. I want to like like an NBA player for instance, yeah. 41 away games. Like you're on a plane every other day, mm. and you you know you're going to tell me about about you know saving the planet. People are like, well, I'm not going to listen to it from you because I don't do half the amount of tra- you know I don't do an iota of the travel you do yeah. right. So and the politicians are flying private and charters every other day. So this is the same. I mean to to you're basically railroading people in. I mean if the big banks go to this. Which it looks like it's going to happen eventually. If the big banks go to this, yeah. it's a huge concern because then you're forcing you're forcing everyone to get battery cars. Oh, okay. exactly. Like if it was me running that, away you go, you could offer lower interest rates on a um, Tesla or something like mm. that, and try and control it that way so you keep your revenue up. But that's that's a pretty big call, in general. Yeah, pretty it's a big t- call. And 
Like I said, if especially that that early on, you <clears throat> could understand you go twenty thirty five or something, push it out a bit, get a bit of publicity for your country. But that's a big call to say twenty twenty five. Well, I guess you just determine second hand petrol then. So yeah. second hand thousand kilometers. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> there's well, a loophole yeah. for everything, right? Exactly, so yeah, there's a way to do it. But like I said, if you're a tradie living out in in the country, you're living in the Yarra Valley, or you're living in the mm. hinterland in Queensland, or you're living out in the Blue Mountains in New South Wales. Like you're gonna say, I I, I can't do the battery car because yeah, I, exactly. I need yeah. I need a fuel car to yeah. get down. I work in the CB, you know, whatever, right? So it's not as simple as that. It will be interesting to watch, but um, a ballsy move by Bank of Australia. So sure. if you're with them and you're thinking about buying a car in three or four years, you might want to change banks. Yep. Q and A. He's got a few this week. We do. So one from Liam. Um, I saw a Gen F Malou Ute, quite stock looking, got knocked back from Summonats. What are your thoughts? Um, I thought new muscle was all the rage. So, you've been, you've entered some of that. So I you have, know. yeah. Um, you know all the rules and stuff. Yeah, look, I mean, it's hard to say quite stock looking. I mean, depends on what's under that bonnet. So we've got to remember, there's some of these cars are pushing over a thousand horsepower that could look quite stock. So it's um, hard for me to make a call like that. But let's just say on face value, that was just a stock Gen F Malou. I would agree um, that. That is one thing I personally don't like turning up to car shows, et cetera, like that when you're seeing stock stuff and especially summon ads, which is a foundation on um, higher-end performance and custom cars. So at summon ads itself, I would agree that um, a stock Malou should be knocked back if it's got nothing done to it. Mechanically, yeah, I would agree because some ads has always some ads Eastern ads have always been. Yeah, you want to go out there. Cars. Yeah, exactly. You want show yeah. cars, muscle even if you just and- had a stock blue and tub that you probably would have got in, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So um, harsh but fair, I think. Yeah, if you've got a, you know, if you if you do have a all numbers matching custom, uh, all numbers matching original car in whatever model, there's yep. there's, there's car shows for that that judge mm-hmm. upon that, so you can find those yep. like car clubs and whatnot. But the summer ads and Eastern ads. Well, that doesn't really exist anymore, but some of is generally not the not the place to go. Exactly. Next one. Hey, lads, more of my mates are moving away from Aussie and getting into Euro. Are you guys doing the same? Cheers, Jason. Um, oh, look, man, Jason, a lot of my mates are doing the same. So it's, um, I guess, what else we're going to do? Well, there's, <laughs> there's, none, there's no new there's, ones. There's, there's, there's no else. New. So I guess that, if, if you- We're driving a HSV GDS or Senator or a, you know, um, GTF or something like that, um, or I guess mean the only way to really look at it, if you kind of look at equivalent, is getting yourself an AMG C63S or a BMW M3. Uh, that, that's the only thing really equivalent there. So, I mean, on the um, Asian side, I mean, probably got larger four-door, you really only got a Kia Stinger. So, um, yeah, I guess it's um, – you know, GPS RTs in the American market. So yeah, Dodge Charger. Yeah, so nothing else you can really do. And I guess that what we've got to remember, Jason, away is if you've got a daily driver and say you had a newer HSV, then you had an older HSV as your weekender, and you've got to update it. That a lot of your mates could be on leases and things, and they've got to, um, you know, it's from looking at a tax point of view, turn them over every few years, well, they've really got no choice. But if they're selling their older collector ones and getting into Euro stuff, well, then they're um, probably, if you look at it, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, that I was at a point I had a BMW M3 and weekenders sitting there, GDS Coupe, W427, et cetera, et cetera. I'd go down to my factory and have more fun driving my BMW M3 because I did downpipes, tuned it, was making good power. 
that was a more fun car for me to drive and buzz around and that'd give me more of a thrill compared to going down and just driving the weekenders around the block to keep the charge up and keep them going. So um, if you're looking at fun factor, Euro all day, every day. So it's um, – yeah. yeah, I like the nostalgia feel of, yeah. of the Aussie muscle, you yeah. know. Um, so th- it, there's that. Like It is a different fun and thrill, but yeah, – it's, it's, um, Yeah, as far as a, a, a more thrilling, talky ride – yeah. yeah, I mean the Euro stuff's good, and it's got all the luxuries and bells and whistles in there, technology-wise. But yeah, I, I, I guess I'm not driving, you know, a VR Walkinshaw, you know, to, to beat someone yeah, off the line. Exactly right. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's just not going to yeah, happen. It's so not going to happen. So I'm driving it because it's a car yeah. of my childhood. It brings back yeah. good memories. You get a lot of thumbs up when you're out. People yeah. appreciate it. I think it's like showing off like a relic or a stamp collection or something like that. Yeah, when you're exactly. out on the road. Yeah. You know, as you said, heaps of times you stop at a server, people come up to you and be like, holy shit, is this original? Is this yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, know, so you have a nice little conversation. It makes people happy. Yeah. Kids love it because they don't see it very often. Yeah. That's why you're doing it. But as far as. Yeah, if you've got a choice out of – you can only do one. Mrs. says you can only have one. You can have, you know, a, a nice Euro or a nice Aussie muscle. You'd probably go the Euros the all-rounder if yeah, you're using Yeah, oh, exactly. Daily. If it's an all-round daily driver, no-brainer. So Yep. Next. Uh, I thought of buying a current Raptor, um, but then new ones seem to be decent. But to get one, um, it would be about $25,000 more. Do you think the older one will hold its value due to it being diesel? So – um, oh, look, I mean- They've held value to now. So I, that, I, I bought mine late last year, my 21 Raptor. I mm-hmm. uh, put about 5,000, I bought it with the under 10,000 kilometers on the clock. Yeah. Um, and I put roughly 6,500 6, 6, kilometers on it in the yeah. last half, you know, nine months. And I lost two two grand on it total. Yeah, well, so yeah. from eighty, so, I paid eighty for it and sold it for seventy eight. So they're holding right now. The question is, do they hold? Do they continue to hold once so, the market's flooded with a new model? Yeah, that's that is a hard one there to say. You know, could you go if you look at getting yourself a diesel wild track versus an older, you know, an older Raptor? You've got two different things. I mean, the technology and sound system and all that kind of stuff in the in the new wild track is better than the older. You got to remember it is it is a quite old old car now. I think it's twenty eighteen, whatever the uh, Raptor came out in. Um, so that that's what you got to keep in mind. But it's still a nice looking, still a nice looking truck. Does what you need to do if you're going to go jump it and everything. It's going to still do all that with the Fox suspension and everything. It's a cool thing. Um, in saying that, the older one to the new one are completely different. So if you're after long range and you want all that to happen, then the diesel one is going to be a tick for you. But um, fuel economy and everything isn't the greatest in the new one. But like I said- Not buying it for that. Not buying for that. So yeah, same as TRX. Like I'm yep. looking at my fuel economy like an idiot. Yep. But yeah, I didn't buy it for that reason. You know, I, I know I was going to have to stop the servo probably twice a week. Yep. But that's part of the thrill of driving it. Uh, next one, I found a nice VS Club Sport, but the only issue is she needs some work. I'm worried if I spend a bit on it and the market dives that I could be in deep on it. Would you buy one if it needs about 20K spent? That's from Baz. 20K spent. 20K spent's a big thing, Baz. Like, we need some man. context on what you're paying for it. So yeah. I assume you're paying 15s, 10s, 15s for it. I'd assume that's absolute F all. Um, look, with anything at the moment, I mean – I just think the thought process in general, forget about the market diving. 20K spend's a big thing. Where are you going to find all the parts for it? That That's number one thing. It's just not a matter of the market diving. That I've always said as a golden rule, if you get something just because it's cheaper and getting you into the market, then you've got to pump money into it. 
it's not. Yes, you can make it a nice example, but it's still going to be, I assume, a higher kilometre example that's not going to be deep down what you want. Because if you're going to be want to be spending money on the thing, you're probably going to want the thing mint or near mint. Keep saving, regardless market correcting all night. That starts getting to that desirable part there because it's an older car, supply and demand. Always think about that, right? So think about it at the sense that you want to keep. If you've got that twenty k as a buffer on top. Keep saving, put money towards and just try and find yourself a better example. Just don't even think about pumping money into it. So. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I'll take that 20K that you're going to spend plus yeah. the money you're going to buy the car for. Let's say it's – we don't know what you're spending on it, but let's say it's 15K you're buying the, the club sport for. That's 35K. Maybe save another 15 and try to buy the real thing of, of what you yeah. wanted, right? Exactly. Um, and then the other the other thing is if that 20K you're spending is borrowed yep. and you're going to have to repay it fairly quickly, don't do it. Yep. Um, if Hands it's, down. If you're spending 20K to modify a car, the mentality you got to have is that's money I'm lighting on fire. This is the mentality you have. Mm-hmm. It's money I'm lighting on fire, and if I lose it tomorrow, I'm still putting food on the table and paying the mortgage. Yep. If if you say, yep, it, I can I can afford to do that, then go for it. If you're saying that, oh, I'm, I'm borrowing 20, but I'll need to pay it back by mid next year, otherwise I'm in some trouble, don't do it. Yep. Um, and that, that goes with it, buying anything, in my opinion, like with this kind of muscle cars, toys, you know, whether you gamble, whether you do this, whether you have you want to go out on holiday, it's the same theory. It's money that you're lighting on fire. Yeah. If you get it back, sure, it's a bonus. So like let's say you spend 20K on it, it owes you, it owes you 35K all up and you get 35 for it in four years, great, win, perfect. But don't, ex- don't budget for that. Have it out of your budget. So, found an FPV in Sydney that doesn't look half bad. I'm in Melbourne, and the guy claims he's had lots of offers. I don't know. I don't know anyone there to look at it. Would you buy without an inspection? That's from Nick. No, <laughs> I would. I would say no based on him saying it's had a lot of offers. That's a red flag to me. Yeah, look, something's it, not right. And I always say in a way, um, it's Melbourne to Sydney, <laughs> like. Not hard to get to. It's not like it's in Darwin or Papua unless New Guinea or something rural, like that. Saw, unless it's Blue Mountains yeah, or something. It's, but, exactly. But so that is one thing. You can get a flight probably there and back in economy yeah, on Jetstar for probably 250 bucks return, I'd say. Yeah. Look, I mean, with anything that if if it's a car you really want, yeah, make an effort and go and look at it. Regardless, just try and work it out. Even if you've just got to give a deposit, hold it, and go not look not at it. that, it's- it's important because you want to know you're wiring your money to somebody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, look, I mean, it's a shame you don't know anyone to look at it, but, yeah, really, you want to make the effort, go across it. Yeah, like Brogues are saying, you want to make sure your money's safe and then also as well you are buying it. So just that's what you got to think now that being an FPV, it's a bit of an older car now, um, and I've seen people get caught out. Like, same example, you know, prime example, um, the Twist and Argent wheels, I've had mates buy them, they end up having the copy Twister Argents on them, not the genuine ones, because in photos, it's hard to really tell. So there are some good copies and that around. So you want to make sure that you're going, checking everything, it ticks all the boxes, you're comfortable with it, stops, starts, does everything that's needed, because there are a lot of things that can be doctored in photos. So yeah, just make an effort, go look at it, 
in at least that way that um, you're always going to have a better peace of mind regardless. And if you cannot get there for some reason, you just can't get on a plane. There are people that even if you yeah. just get a generic inspection, he might not know like this inspector, uh, RECV dorm, yeah. pre-purchase inspections. You can probably find even a local – look at that. Look up that area of wherever the car is. Yeah. So just Google Sydney pre-purchase mm-hmm. high-end muscle car and yep. you'll find someone. You should be able to get an in-depth with photos yeah. for three to $400. And even if you think, well, this guy doesn't know the, this specific model, like say mm-hmm. you're buying something like a, a Skyline GTR that he might not know much about, at least you know someone's gone and seen it. At least you know someone's done a report on yep. it. You've got the photos. They've met the guy. And you you can call him as well a lot of times. I did it with my Raptor. Mm-hmm. My Raptor was in Darwin. Yep. Had, an, had a guy inspect it. And then I called him, spoke to him. I said, look, you know, how is it? This, that, is it what, what they said? Yep. Yep, honest car, everything's good. Like they said, there's a small chip here, there's this, there's that. And then they can also give you a feel. How was the seller? Yeah. Do you seem shady? Yep. Oh, look, this bloke seemed a bit shady, mm-hmm. man. I don't know. There's something going on here. It's a workshop. Yeah. They're swapping engines. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like at least you know then. And then if, if there's any yeah. any hint of doubt, mm-hmm. you don't buy it. But- oh, exactly. And another big thing as well, there's plenty of Facebook groups. So that's- Someone wanted the car. Yeah, well, that, exactly. That's one advantage here. You can go, oh, it's an FPV, you know, GTP, this is a build number. Does anyone know this car? You know, any, what are the key things to look for, et cetera, et cetera. High chance someone will know the car. You know, you might even end up the previous owner or the current owner could even end up reaching out on it. And then you find out, well, they're in the group and then it gives a bit more credibility to the car. So um, definitely do that as well. It does get harder if it's like something like Bogues is looking at with a Raptor because there's no build numbers on them. So a black Raptor, thousands of them. So mm. not much you can do there. So definitely inspection there. But um, yeah, everything's so. on the internet. Exactly. Just spend yep. a good hour. Just yep. like, you'll find something. You're talking to shit or whatever you're doing. <laughs> spend mm. a good hour. Go on a deep dive in a rabbit hole. Yeah, and you'll find most things. Um, obviously. Get the VIN is very important, so you, yeah. can check, you can check that it's you know unencumbered and hasn't been in accidents and all that yeah. kind of stuff. The VIN is very very important, so you can get that immediately over the phone and, and then start doing your googling. Yep. Um, but everything's available online, so just yep. just just spend some time on there. Even if you're not a stoot, just type in what I told you, um, and you'll find something. That's it. Last one. Is it just me or are wagons becoming cool again? I've always loved wagons. Wagons are always cool. What do you mean becoming cool again? Um, BMW have just made an M3 wagon. Do you guys think? Um, do you guys like wagons or SUVs? And do you agree? Um, I look, I mean, it's it's always if you kind of look at it, you're a family with a dog, or you're to cart things around. It's always the whole wagon versus um, SUV. It's down to personal choice, but a lot of the times as well, um, you got to have a look at actually what you can carry. So a lot of times, the actual leaders in a wagon for the boot space is more than an SUV. So um, you know, that that's tends to be why I always look at them. I like it that way because I've got Alaska Malamutes and tend to like having a wagon because it can cart the dog around. It makes it easier there. Just going away with a trip with the kids, you can put luggage, dog and all that in the back, makes it easier. But I just think in general, like, I mean, I, I absolutely love wagons. I love Audi RS4s, RS6s. I've always been a massive fan of that look. Had Passat 206R lines and, you know, SSV wagons and tourers and things in the past. i Absolutely love wagons, and I love that BMW is bringing out the M3. That's a big tick for me because there has been AMG C63S and the RS4 in that realm there, so it's good to see that um, BMW is doing the same thing to um, wave the flag of making wagons cooler, not cooler again, cooler. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a fan. 
Um, Don't listen to him. Cut, not cut a fan the pod now. And, his opinion does not matter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not, uh, the only reason is we uh, we had – my old man had like just a stock bog, like Ford Falcon um, <laughs> wagon back in there. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it so yeah, much, man. It. Oh, I hated it so much. I just thought they were ugly. It's like, can't we just get a normal car? Why are we, I need the boot space for this and that. And I'm like, all right, man. So he's I a just, smart man. Smart so man. I just didn't uh, – but yeah. I've, I've grown to actually – I've grown to like a few of the sporty – you know, yeah. The Audis have done a nice job with yeah, them. Yeah, the RS6 is They look sure. nice. So, so. Uh, I appreciate that, but- Joe Ingalls got an RS6. Does he? Yeah. yeah he likes to spend it. He's got a big contract there in Milwaukee. Um, yeah. But wagons or SUVs, I'd well. add a third. They come in auto in the RS6. What would I add? Wagons <laughs> or SUVs or- hmm? Pickup trucks. Yeah. Pickup trucks, baby. Get in a pickup truck. You won't regret <laughs> it, man. You won't. You they won't do regret. do everything. So You won't regret it. If you're looking for room and space, don't forget you don't have a height limit. You can yeah. put shit in there that's, that's yeah. 10 feet tall as long as you tie it down properly. Yeah. Um, chuck anything in there. You're not too worried about – there's no carpets back there. You're not mm-hmm. too worried about damage and this and that. And if you if, if you do damage it, you just got to get it resprayed. It's, yeah. Um, it's um, also it's easy to get a 1,000 horsepower out of the Audi RS6. So we are um, keen to see updates if you build process of your RS6 Joe, so um, we want to, Bogus and I want to see a thousand horsepower minimum since you got your big contracts. Splash that cash. Yeah. <laughs> Manual to auto, right? Yeah. So, but just make sure if you do come here, you will have to get a high performance license for it if you do plan to do it over here. <laughs> you so. have to get one for a bicycle. <laughs> yeah. In Victoria, you're going to have to get one with a bicycle soon, mate. You're going to have to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how fast you're pedaling that bike, mate. You're going to go into a special course for it. That's Story it. time. You got a good one. Yeah, so um, look, man, back in the car finance days, this was absolutely hilarious. So, um, mate who um, was doing it back then, so he had to go out and inspect a Toyota Prado so, um, that was purchased by his finance company. He went to do a check in that on it, and um, he went out there and it was kind of a bit of a head scratch moment because a guy who had the Prado looked very familiar to him. So he goes, he actually thought, oh, I reckon I've seen this guy actually within the last few weeks. So just familiar face and the guy looked at him and kind of um, just kind of turned a bit white in the face and started getting a bit edgy and everything and he's kind of like, all right. And he, um, curiosity is getting the better of him and he goes, haven't we met before? And he goes, and the guy's like, oh, and he goes, actually, didn't you get a BMW Z4? He goes, that was just recently, only a few weeks ago. And his wife looked at him puzzled and started looking at him and he started just getting real edgy. And then he's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And started pacing and getting a bit flustered and everything. And mates look around the Prado and the guys just started getting a bit more edgy and everything. And then – um then it's just kind of like, all right. And then the guys just ended up just walking over. His wife's walked away a bit and he just bowed made up and he's like, look, man, just just shut up about that, all right? You don't need to know about it. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? He goes, just that BMW Z4, just don't, don't say anything. Just don't say anything. He goes, just, just shut up about it. And then his penny dropped from a mate. He's like, oh, okay, we'll see what's going on here because when he um, got it, when he got the Z4, it was his side piece. His mistress. <laughs> his mistress. So he's gone guarantor for the BMW Z4 and it was just one of those moments. Uh, mates put two and two together, what's going on here. So it's, um, yeah, it's a bit of a uh, moment there. The guy's there with his family Toyota Prado that he's looking offload because he's putting his uh, his wife into it. It was a new ML um, that they were getting into and the BMW Z4 was for the side piece and um, got a bit edgy because – could have been found out. 
Yeah. <laughs> could have got ugly. Yeah, could have got <laughs> very, very ugly. So pretty tough way to, to get added though. <laughs> oh yeah, so it was um, car inspection for finance for that fella. So yeah, oh man, it was very, very common. I must say, my repo days, um, very common of um, yeah, guys doing guarantor loans or buying a car for their side piece and then not paying for it after. And, and the then, bill comes in the mail. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get us to go. It ended up being a personal matter and give us some extra money to go collect the car and sell it before the wife finds out, etc. So it was oh, um, wow. always funny that kind of stuff happening. So jeez. Yep. Ballsy. Mm. Like, what are you doing, mate? I'm sure that marriage is still going strong. Oh, I reckon it is. So, I mean, she would have gone AML, <laughs> um, Mercedes, and probably forgotten about the conversation. Yeah, so, it. yeah. Interesting. Good one. Mm. All right. That wraps up our latest episode of the Car Chat. Give us your thoughts in the comments. We appreciate everyone asking for a new episode. So, here it is. I hope you enjoyed, and we will follow up, hopefully, sooner rather than later on the, uh, on the next episode. Thanks. Cool. Thanks, guys.